the failure to act with sufficient ambition to avert the climate catastrophe will be the greatest moral failure of our time. Making changes takes courage, and if we don't change things, we won't have a future. We need a president who respects science, who understands that the damage from climate change is already here. You have stolen my dreams and my childhood with your empty words. Change is coming, whether you like it or not. Zero Carbon East Hello and welcome to Zero Carbon Easter Series 2, The Manifesto. I'm Ian Collins. You can set your clock by this one. Friday mornings, we open up that jiffy bag marked Green Issues. If it's on the environmental agenda, you'll find it here. All proceedings, of course, come from our man in the director's chair. He's Dale Vince, the environmentalist and entrepreneur. Morning to you, Dale. Yeah, morning and happy solstice. Uh, that happened this week. So we've got uh, like peak sun this week. And at the same time, we've got a full moon. My pagan friends are quite yeah. excited by that. So uh, any pagans out there listening, it's a, it's a great week. It's we've, pissing hard, Dale. That's got, the headline, isn't it? We've got maximum sun and maximum moon. And lots of rain. <laughs> not here, not today. No, it's coming. <laughs> <laughs> you, you're the weatherman. I know stuff. Uh, does this mean then, because we've had the longest day, haven't we, 21st of June, that means it sort of starts to get dark again, doesn't it? Well, yeah, in theory. And I, I used to think that was kind of like uh, midsummer, but apparently it's the beginning of summer uh, until yeah, we get right. to the equinox late, later. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I'm all for the dark nights. Mm, yeah. I mean, I like seasons. I like different seasons. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I want the summer to be summer. And when it gets to November, I don't mind if it's lashing down. That's fine, you know, so... Well, that's good because you're going to be surviving well with the climate crisis then because as we talked about last week, we're looking at 30% more winter rain. Yeah. So, and that, that winter is extending into other seasons, of course. So well, that rain certainly is. Yeah, it's all becoming a bit of a blur. Isn't it? I mean, you wouldn't really know that it's midsummer uh, right now or peak summer even. Rather. Well, they, it kind of dispenses a couple of nice sunny days for us, doesn't it? Um, and then, then suddenly, bang, you know, thunderstorms and torrential rain are back again. So. Yeah, we get a lot of flip-flopping. Yeah. No doubt about it. Can't make its mind up. Not a, that's, that's, you sound like my nan, Dale. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, this is the nature of climate change. You know, it's not global yeah, warming. Yeah. You know, it's fucked up weather, yeah, actually. Of course, of course it is. Uh, on that note, should we start with a football question? Mm, yeah, why not? <laughs> Just yeah, to cheer us up. This is from <laughs> Kelly. He's a massive Forest Green Rovers fan. Uh, I'm in Montreal in Canada. Predictions, please, for the season ahead. We're going to have a great season. With our new head coach and his assistant, they're a team that work together at uh, at England. And uh, yeah, we have a Canadian link now as well because our, our assistant Richie uh, has just come from a job with the Canadian women's team. And yep. um, so yeah, hi there, Canada. And uh, I'm looking forward to it very much. I mean, we get started next week. Preseason starts in a week's time. Uh, yep. We only had about a month off because it's, it's a funny pandemic affected yep. season. Uh, but yeah, super confident. I think, you know, we'll have our best shot again ever at getting promoted because that's kind of happening every season. That's how we try to make it work, uh, you know, get better every season. And, um, and You'd have probably beaten the England team that was out against Scotland the other day. I, think. <laughs> I don't know. You know, I, I didn't think it was a tough game for England. You know, it was, it was a bit of a derby. Scotland were right up for yeah. it. Um, you know, I, I don't... Uh, I'm not in the camp of uh, of being down about that game or down on England or Gareth about that game. You know, I think fair play. Look, we topped the group, you know. That's true. Uh, and when you look at, you know, all the – we still think, I suppose, you know, 
being of that era where you look back at France and Germany and think these are the powerhouses of Europe. And of course, you know, they, they I mean, Germany were also almost knocked out. It was interesting, wasn't it? In the last knockings of that game, when they equalized up till that point, they were bottom of their table. They would have finished bottom of their table and gone home. Yeah. Um, suddenly, of course, because of the way it all works and other teams' uh, results, they end up finishing second in that group. Yeah, quite right. But yeah, we, we did slightly better than both of those countries. So we'll, uh, we, we'll wait and see where that leads us next Tuesday. Of course, when we face the mighty Germans. Yeah, looking forward to that at Wembley, uh, which is, you know, it's been great for us, this competition. We seem to, well, so far we've played at Wembley throughout. Maybe we can carry that on. I mean, three yeah. clean sheets as well in the group stage. You know, you've got to give it to Gareth and to England. This is, this is a fine group stage performance, actually. Yeah, absolutely. Um, let's move back to more pressing matters. Uh, here's the headline. The legacy of toxic leaded petrol lingers in the air. That's not a headline you want to read, is it? Yeah, I found this one really interesting because lead in petrol is a crazy idea, but it was a thing. It ended in the 90s, um, and the university have just done a study into lead in the air in London. And because of the unique isotopes of lead in petrol, uh, as was, they're able to detect the difference between lead that came from petrol or came from somewhere else. And yeah. something like 40% of the lead in the environment in London is from petrol even now. And we're at uh, 2% of where it was at its peak in the 80s. So it was 50 times worse, which I find incredible. And even this 2% is 100 times higher than the background level. So, I mean, oh my God, we were poisoning ourselves in the 80s. And globally, one in three children are reckoned to have higher levels of lead in their bodies than they should have, which is affecting their development. One in three. That's horrendous. It is. Yeah. And I mean, isn't it just madness that we did things like that, chucked lead in petrol, burned it yeah, in cities, and then, and then breathed it in and thought yeah. nothing of it. And to make it even more sinister, you just know that there's a file somewhere sitting in a cabinet in Whitehall that probably said all of that even when they were telling us it was all okay. Yeah. You, just, you just know it's there somewhere. This is probably not good stuff, but we're going to go with it anyway. I think it's almost from the era of tobacco being uh, a health product, almost. Yeah, or well, doctors endorsing it. Wasn't it? I'm mm. Dr. Smithers, and I endorse Marlboro Reds. There was know? a time. There was a time when tobacco was considered or claimed, marketed as good for your health. Yeah, I still see it as part of my one a day. <laughs> you, <laughs> you, you have one a day, do you? <laughs> About one a month, so that's not too bad. Here's a quote. This feeds into everything, really. Um, interesting headline. I, I clocked this story uh, yesterday. Boris Johnson's government has set these historic targets on, on the climate crisis, but actually so far has failed to come up with policies that need to reach them. So all of these numbers that can go, we're going to do this by 50%, we're going to cut this, and we're going to reduce that. Uh, but actually, unless you've got policies in action that are going to reflect those targets, then the whole thing falls down, really. Yeah, I would, I think we talk about this every episode. Almost, I yeah, feel like I talk about it every week, you know. And the list of government transgressions, which are pulling in the opposite direction of government targets and climate speak, you know, uh, are, are well known. The new coal mine in Cumbria, WTF, you know, the third runway at Heathrow, the twenty-six billion road building program, Europe's biggest gas-fired power station, just recently given consent, you know. And this is the man that flies in a private jet to Cornwall to talk about the climate crisis. The Climate Change Committee, I think, have called them out over this and said policies aren't matching up uh, to actual targets. And it's like, yeah, not actual news, but they've got to keep saying it. And at the same time, they called on government ministers to campaign for the public to eat less animal products, which is brilliant. Yeah. I noticed uh, there's a photograph of him today 
in a in a helicopter <laughs> again yeah he's I, I think he's on his way to the, the barracks in normandy it looks like the local pub has raised money for him to have that trip of a lifetime <laughs> <laughs> let's get him on that trip that he's always wanted and there he is hanging out of a helicopter you know with, with all the hat and all the kit and caboodle but wearing a suit it always looks daft when politicians do that. It's his job to look daft, though. I think it's his thing to look daft. And that you know, I remember him in that uh, on the zip wire across London, you know, supposedly getting stuck, waving his flags with the with the harness, you know, right up his crotch, uh, just looking ridiculous. And and that was what he wanted. But yeah, because then his his kind of approval ratings go up uh, for some reason, which we can't. None of us, I think, can can quite fathom. But well, right now, Julia Teflon Brand. Right now, it's all about the vaccine. Um, I'm convinced of that. The approval ratings before the vaccine program for Boris Johnson were very poor. Yeah. Um, hopefully, won't endure forever. Um, I mean, there's a lot of reality about to bite, you know, in the next couple of years. We've got, you know, huge austerity program probably in the making. Obviously, Brexit continues to bite. I mean, that's just incredible. You know, reports from the food industry are that uh, exports are down $2 billion in the first quarter this year. Uh, the steel industry is under threat because the government are not renewing EU import quotas for steel. Sure. Um, so, you know, our market's about to be flooded. F- fishermen say they've already been sold down the river. Farmers have been sold out to Australia. You know, we're going to have a 60 times increase in Australian beef land here yep. for a 0.02% increase in GDP. Uh, you know, everybody's being sold out by this government. You know, Brexit is a car crash that's happened, but we just haven't seen the kind of full damage from it yet. Yeah. Well, maybe young people have. I saw this story as well. Young people who feel hopeless and paralyzed by fear about climate change need help and support, according to mental health experts. Sort of another layer, if you like, of the mental health debate, but around climate change. Yeah. And, and it's hard to know, uh, actually, whether this has been exacerbated by lockdown, because, you know, we've all been a bit socially distant and uh, and cut off from people. I mean, I quite like living that way, but I'm, I'm not everybody. And that has cause an increase in in health mental health issues for people so maybe it's overlapping with the climate crisis as well you know uh, but help is on the way we've got a primary school curricula that's being rolled out uh, in september first school to take that is in stroud and we've uh, we've built this to weave sustainability in to every single topic in a primary school. Secondary is coming next. And in a couple of weeks, we launched the Green Britain Academy, which is educating people that are in the world of work, actually. So post-school. So we're starting at uh, primary level and, and post-school. And, and it's all about sustainability. And in, in the case of the Green Britain Academy, um, jobs, training people for the green economy. Um, so that's what we're doing about it. Here's a question from Dan on Twitter. Uh, was that your electric motorbike I saw on social media? I would love more information. Yeah, I clocked this picture of you going like Billio on some two-wheeled bit of kit. It looked incredible. What was sure. it? Yeah, I was having some fun that day. That was one day this week, and we did some filming with the BBC. Um, they're making a series for November around the Earthshot project, which is some kind of annual award for uh, environmental ideas. Um, so I'm taking part in the program to talk about the things we've done, like Sky Diamonds. And we were meant to take the Nemesis to the same uh, video shoot, but the Nemesis, bless it, didn't want to start. So I was left with just my mo- motorbike, which is a whole heap of fun. Uh, yeah, right. so I had a couple of hours blatting up and down, and we found a lovely place in the woods to mess about as well. Being chased by a drone, that was quite fun. And, and actually... Um, made me think of the bean field when I got chased by a police helicopter. 
technology's moved on. If I was chased by the cops these days, it probably would be by a drone. You got chased by a police helicopter once. Yeah, I did. <laughs> on my motorbike. You were on a motorbike? <laughs> yeah, it's very funny. It's in oh, my book, Ian. Ian, it's in my book. Come on. Don't tell oh, me that's, yeah, sorry, that story. Yeah, that one. <laughs> <laughs> There's, uh, I once saw a kid on a horse being chased by a copper on a horse. It was <laughs> the funniest thing ever. It was like the Wild West. <laughs> and what was interesting about it was that it was this kind of little gypsy kid who was obviously taking his horse out in the park in East London. And the cop, I'm assuming you have to know your nags to be a police horse rider there was obviously a sort of nagging pardon the pun respect between these two horse people i think the cop was quite enjoying it uh, and the little kid was going like mad he called to me he just stopped in the end but <laughs> but there was a moment when i th- think they both thought this is great this is this is really enjoyable do you think he thought he stole it or something was he racially profiling he, yeah, well, I, yeah you do wonder that but actually i think he just you know thought he's not probably meant to be riding around at that kind of speed in a public park on a horse, um, which is probably true. However, uh, once they got, a, you know, got a, a canter on, I mean, it, it, it was all systems go, and they, they were kind of like, you know, two free birds, <laughs> policeman and the small child on the horse. Fantastic. Nice. Yeah, There's nice. a book in there somewhere, isn't there? Or at least a passage of a book. Yeah, yeah, maybe a line or two. Yeah. Um, here's a question. Oh, no, let me, let's do this story as well, because I know you spotted this as well, microbes and solar power could produce 10 times more food than plants. This is extraordinary. Really interesting story. And it has a crossover to our Sky Diamond project because this is a study uh, that some researchers have done and it is based on some work that's being done already to make uh, food protein, actually, from microbes um, using carbon dioxide captured from the atmosphere to feed to these bugs, uh, which would then make protein that can be turned into powder or whatever for humans to eat. So in the case of diamonds, we capture CO2 from the atmosphere. We feed it to our bugs to make methane, which is the feedstock of our diamond oven. And what's amazing about this story is that basically the stats, so they say from one hectare of land, they focused on soya as an example crop, from one hectare of, of land, you could feed 40 people with soya. Or you could feed four people if you fed the soya to cows to feed people. Wow. So that's the 10 f- kind of 10 times ratio that we're fairly familiar with. This bug idea just factors it up by another tenfold. You could feed 500 people from the equivalent area of land if you do it this way with bugs. The concept they have is to power it entirely with solar power, which is quite interesting. It uses 1% of the, of the water required to make crops and a fraction of the fertilizer. So it's like a... A super efficient way to do it. Um, I mean, I think it's interesting, but at the same time, I think there's a danger that we just skip over the obvious, which is stop eating animals, actually, yep. because we get this tenfold factor of increased efficiency if we just do that. And that solves an awful lot of problems. But as a vision of the future, uh, it's really interesting. It can be done in places that don't have good topsoil, that you don't have to have strong sunshine, you don't have to have a lot of water. So it, it, it it is potentially a way to feed parts of the world that struggle otherwise to grow food. Incredible. Um, here's a question from Liv on Facebook. After being given a copy of Manifesto, I've now read it twice, and I'm now going through all 60-plus podcast episodes. Can't wait to visit Forest Green Rovers next season. Would you sign it and take a selfie with me? Absolutely. Well, I think you could take the selfie. I'm not I think really this is a stalker, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm up for that. Yeah, 60. It just reminded us how many episodes we've done of this as well. Yeah, I, amazing. I think we started out once every two weeks as well, didn't we? So I think we might have been doing it for a couple of years. Yeah, I think so. I think so. 
So, um, and more to come, of course. Um, here's another story that I know you picked as well, Dale. Belgium's climate failures violate human rights. Yeah, brilliant ruling from the court in Belgium. I mean, it's hot on the heels of one in Holland, Germany and France. Uh, this one is slightly different, but the, the court in Belgium found that the government were not doing enough to fight the climate crisis. They were going to miss targets. And that was a breach of Belgian civil law and the, wow. the European Human Rights Convention, Article 2, the right to life, actually. And they recognized the direct impact on 58,000 co-plaintiffs that brought the case. And that was a legal first, apparently. Yeah. We're seeing continuing progress in Europe, that wonderful place that we sadly left, uh, in terms of the law getting involved and saying to governments, actually, you know, you may be talking a good game, yeah. but you aren't doing enough. And the climate crisis is becoming a human rights issue, which it should there's a precedent there when these kind of rulings happen that's kind of that sort of opens the door doesn't it so yeah that will be referred to elsewhere yeah um final one from alex on twitter yeah please stop flying your helicopter over rodbrick common it's scaring the animals i imagine he's joking we talked about this last week i yeah. think he's, uh, what this, before? He's I don't know. Tweet every week is he, he's either oh it's is him he, again same same guy is it well, I, I think it might be I, I don't know whether he's just like having a huge jape or genuinely believes that you've got a helicopter that you just fly around, particularly oh, over the common, scaring kind of squirrels. Okay. Horses, I think, actually. We're back uh, to the horses again. Probably, but who yeah. knows? Yep, what can I say? Don't have a chopper. <laughs> now, now we know. <laughs> Dale, we'll speak next week. All right. Cheers. See you later. Thank you, Rob. That yeah. is it for this episode. Don't forget, of course, you can follow the podcast from your podcast provider. That way you get each new episode automatically. Make sure you leave a review there as well. If you want to get in touch, you can email comments and questions, zerocarbonista at ecotricity.co.uk. And the really important bit, follow Dale on social media, twitter.com slash dalevince, facebook.com slash dalevince. You can also find Dale on LinkedIn as well. And we'll see you in a week's time. Zero carbon east off.